Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our church, All Saints. If this is your first time visiting, uh, we're really happy that you're here, truly. My name is Daniel, and I'm the pastoral intern here. And let's start this morning's Adult Sunday School with a word of prayer. Our gracious Father, thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for your powerful preserving and governing of all people. And we praise you for sustaining us and gathering us here. Uh, We trust that you alone are omniscient. Uh, You know our every thought. And now I pray uh, that you will draw us and our thoughts to yourself. So to help us see how loved, cared for, and valued and dignified we are because of your one and only Son, uh, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the salvation we have because of his blood, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, it's week two of our Mark series. Um, I did some more digging to answer Mr. Fender's question last week. What is Elijah's connection with John the Baptist? John himself was uh, the last of the Old Testament prophets. He was in the mold of Elijah, Uh, He wore desert clothing of camel hair and uh, wore a leather belt. And uh, he ate desert food, locusts and wild honey. And as presented, uh, he is or was presented as uh, the coming or returning Elijah. Uh, 2 Kings 1, 7 and 8 says, He said to them, What kind of man was he who came to meet you and told you these things? Uh, They answered him, he wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather about his waist, and he said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. So John's message, not only what he wore uh, reminds us of John or connects us to John the Baptist, also his message was similar to Elijah's. John's message was. Uh, The message is this, that we, the people, broke the covenant with God, and uh, we and they were under his judgment. Only by turning from their sins and turning not to something else, but turning to the Lord and the Lord, the way of the Lord, His His ways, would they be ready when the long promised Messiah came? And so, Malachi four, five, and six tells us, "Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of." fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, uh, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So he's, again, the typology, we're, we're, we're looking forward to the day of Jesus. That was to answer Matt Fender's question. So if you're listening, Matt, there you go. Today, we're going to pick up from where we left off, uh, Mark chapter 1. We have a lot of verses to go through in the next 40, 40 minutes. So uh, let's Start here at Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, 16. I'll read us from the uh, English Standard Version. If you have a Bible of other translations, that's okay. I'll wait till we all flip there. Okay, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. 
And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. All right. We do have many verses to go through, but we are also going to continue with our Korean series on the side. Just real quick, remember, annyeong is how to say hello. Uh, this is the shorter way of saying annyeong haseyo, which we learned last week. So can we say annyeong, the quick way? Annyeong. So easy, yeah. You guys are better uh, than Emma right now. Um, <laughs> and now we're going to learn, or I'm going to show us how to say, you know, my name is, or I am. And so it's Chonin, Daniel, Ibnida. So the red letters Chonin, we can just collapse it and say Chon. Chon? Yeah, Chon blank in your name. Anyone have anyone want to volunteer? Chon Bill Ibnida. Yeah, can we say Ibnida? Yeah. So Anyang, Chonin, Daniel Ibnida. Yeah. So that's how we greet our neighbors in Korea. Okay. Chan Daniel Imnida. I tried my best to, you know, spell it so that it's, it's really very, like we can see how to say it, right? Okay. Let's get back to Jesus. The highlighted verses in this, in this verse, in the first four uh, verses 16 through 20, uh, show that the men Jesus directly commanded and calls, obey, obey the, the, the word, obey Jesus' command. So some commentators spoke highly of fishermen uh, because at the time in the Greco-Roman world, fish, not meat, was the staple of uh, the business or the industry. Some commentators describe fishermen as shrewd and successful businessmen. The Sea of Galilee featured 16 bustling ports with many active trade routes running through Capernaum. And so from, as we see that fishing was a 
thriving in industry, the theologians are emphasizing that, that it must have been a, a big challenge of leaving their career behind to follow Jesus. On the other hand, there are other commentaries and scholars who spoke lowly of fishermen, saying that it was just a common job, that all of, everyone was working as a fisherman. So it was easy to leave that job, and thus they emphasize or strongly emphasize the departure of leaving their father behind on the boat as they're trying to portray that leaving the family behind is much more difficult. But we here know uh, two things. One comes before the second. First thing we know is that any individual can follow Jesus or anyone or anything devoutly without possessing an atom of, of trust in the object whom they are following. We know that a profession of faith does not equate to the possession of faith. We can say all the time that we trust in A or B or C, but does that mean we possess trust in that object or subject? That's why that one comes before this second point, that regeneration, or another, that's a big word, being born again precedes faith. Regeneration comes before we believe. Mark does not tell us what the fishermen went through, um, in their lives, in their childhood, what regenerated them. Mark does not go through the years or the days leading up to their encounter with Jesus, but to leave their fathers or to leave their jobs behind requires the powerful regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit who compels them and us to draw near, and it is the Spirit who makes them Simon, Andrew, John, and James want to become a fisher of men. Our confession, uh, Westminster Confessions of Faith, chapter 18, 1, under the headline, Of the Assurance of Grace and Salvation, says, Although hypocrites and other unregenerate men, non-born-again men, may vainly deceive themselves with false hopes and carnal presumptions of being in the favor of God, in a state of salvation, which hope of theirs shall perish. Yet such as truly believe in the Lord Jesus and love him in sincerity, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him, may in this life be certainly assured that they are in the state of grace and may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which hope shall never make them ashamed. Man can, it is possible, we are capable of vainly deceiving ourselves with carnal presumptions that we rest in God's favor and a state of salvation. A couple of years ago, a man asked me, so if I believe in Jesus, I will be saved, yes? I said, yes. But he had came with an attachment. He, he asked, does that mean I have to stop living the way I want? A man of honesty, a man of integrity, a man who did not want to be vainly deceived with false hopes, he couldn't quite get that Jesus, the Son of God, is asking us to follow him or asking him to follow him. That is asking, that Jesus is asking less from his followers than what he will give. 
than what he that that what Jesus himself will provide. That is the 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 gospel, the euangelion, the the good news. The news is so good that you came here, but God also came to us to live and to die for us and rose again for us. It is the gospel of God. Jesus titles it. Even he calls it his father's gospel. And so at the time, teachers were known, were known as rabbis. It was very peculiar for a man to seek their pupil, to come under their tutelage. And students would ask men, if I may be under your tutelage or if, I may, if you may take me under your wing. But here Jesus shows that he grants and he merits and he calls us and he, f- he finds these men to follow him. The Heidelberg Catechism, question and answer 21. So we don't want to be vainly deceived that we are saved. So what is true faith? Question and answer 21 says, True faith is not only a sure knowledge by which I hold as true all that God has revealed to us in Scripture. It is also a wholehearted trust which the Holy Spirit creates in me by the gospel that God has freely granted not only to our others, but to me also, forgiveness of sins, eternal righteousness, and salvation. These are gifts of sheer grace granted solely by Christ's merit. This is why Jesus is saying, follow me. He is saying to follow a person. That you are here this morning, uh, sitting in these chairs, um, these comfortable chairs, yes, that you are sitting in this very room makes not me and you amazing, but it makes God amazing. It makes God so wonderful. And I want to explain that by grounding that in First Thessalonians 1, 5-7. Paul writes this letter to the church of the Thessalonians. He says, if, if you don't mind me reading, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because of our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in this Holy Spirit with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and <laughs> Achaia. And, and, and Richmond. I am adding to the Bible here. Uh, forgive me. People um, are being told, the saints at, in the church of Thessalonians are being told that the very love of God is theirs, that it, that it pleased God to choose them to, to not only announce the gospel in word, but, in, but to be shown to them in, in power in, in, of the Holy Spirit. Is that well, not a question. The gospel has come to you. Mm, is, I, I take that uh, to heart. Uh, the gospel has come to you to, to tell you that you are loved and that you are chosen. Immediately after Jesus proclaims the gospel of God, he chooses these men to follow him and they obey him to not do away with their lifestyle as that other man I met last year uh, asked me about. Because they will still be fishing, uh, but not for the table, uh, the, the, the dinner table. They will be recruiting men uh, for the kingdom of God. 
Now we're going to look at the two verses, and this is going to be a much shorter uh, point. Mark tells us in the verses 21 and 22 that the teaching of Jesus, and um, anyone likes dad jokes will appreciate this, astonishes. astonishes. Uh, that was so bad. The, it strikes with sudden uh, to, uh, to mean, what does astonish, astonish mean? It means that it strikes with sudden and great wonder or surprise. The man enters the synagogue. The Son of God enters the synagogue. And unlike me, standing here, entering this fellowship hall, saying, this is what the Word of God says, or this is what I got from a commentary, Jesus taught about life with original authority, rather than what I'm doing, derived authority. That's why we can trust Jesus. He, 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 we'll, we're going to see some examples here. Um, Peter, in that, uh, that powerful address to, in, in Solomon's portico, accuses others of killing the author of life. Um, Colossians 1.15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus all things hold together. The gospel then makes, I hope that this connection works, but the gospel is therefore the original work of Jesus. It is his original work, yeah. And it's the work accomplished by him, but he authored it. I wrote a, I, I wrote a few years ago, I, I wrote a poem, and um, it's titled, The Secret Admirer. And um, I asked Rick if I could share this poem for permission, and he said yes, but we're not that kind of church um, who likes poems that much. Rick, correct me if I'm wrong. But I wanted to uh, share this poem, and this is an... an this is an unoriginal work. Here, let me set the mood. Rick also did encourage me to have more fun and to relax here. <laughs> the bell rings. I get to the door. Set on the porch is a box, no header, and a letter delivered to yours. I cut it open and read, and I'm hoping it's she. Dear Daniel, it's me, your secret admirer. Please take your time to read this. I called you all summer on this block number, but your phone screened it. I stalked you a while, but you never turned around to see it. And when you did, I knew I wasn't the reason why you were cheesing. I can hear you snore loud in the backyard when you're sleeping. I can... I got so carried away. Hold on. So far, so good? Let me start over? No. <laughs> I can hear you snore loud in the backyard when you're sleeping. My heart skips when you smiled on the aisle with your grocery list, and I'm pleased to say that. I've been following you from way back, days we just gave it away and said no tradebacks. I know I'm scaring you. I heard that people fear me. They say they can see me follow. They say they can hear me follow, but swear they hear me. Now, clearly, they're blind. The scenery is my way of letting you know that sincerely I'm kind. Whispering those love songs under your breath. I'm listening when you tell God what's left of you is death. Perhaps I can help because I'm the head, because I'm the head. 
The lifestyle you're living, it hurts just watching. Time tick talking, are you speaking what you're walking? I heard you're still spitting that toxic. I married you. I offered a ring. I'm still chasing you down. You've forgotten the flings, the long walks on the beach. Feels like I'm racing you now. Never will hate on this crowd, but don't take it for granted. I know you're feeling that the road you're on is kind of slanted, but how many chances do you need or glances just to see that those are my hands up on this tree? For Daniel, I will bleed. For Daniel, I will bleed. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Anyone want to guess who that was about? Who is my secret admirer? Bill said, I think, and sorry to use you without permission, but you were speaking of how God pursues us and how he secretly admires us. And maybe like this, he, he has been following us all along. Too poetic for this congregation, maybe? Forgive me. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. This is how I'm going to segue to the next section. We're going to be speaking of the not-so-secret admirer. Jesus is rebuking an unclean spirit to come out of the man, the man who is possessed by a demon. And, and Jesus is showing that he, he just claimed that he is authoritative over uh, his word, carries authority, but now it is being exercised. He holds real power over supernatural evil. And I know the modern prejudice against the idea that there could be demon possession. I know that there is a modern prejudice But the existence of evil um, spirits can actually help us um, explain what is going on in this world. We're not going to go and chase the study of demons down their demonic rabbit trails, but we're going to take away that they are powerless and that they are no match for Jesus. One scholar uh, has said, uh, and this is a little long, Demonic forces explains the complexity of psychological problems. The older physicians of the soul, quote, understood that depression, fear, anger, or inner numbness may be so profound and difficult to deal with because of the multiplicity and interrelatedness of the many different roots and causes. There are possible physiological, psychological, moral, and demonic sources for our problems. In the Bible, demons can accuse and tempt, and they can stir up, and they can aggravate all the other factors, making our emotional dungeons very deep and double-locked. So evil spirits greatly magnify and aggravate and complicate the sin in our hearts that we commit towards God, one another, and against our own selves. Although we might get sucked into uh, deep psychological and social what feels like to be bottomless pits of wickedness that the Bible says are the results of demonic activity, Jesus shows that his authority can heal the darkest recesses of the human soul. So whatever forces dominating and controlling us, Jesus can handle. However deep the depression, Jesus can heal. And it catches us a little off guard it catches us off guard, um, does it not? To be called to, to, Jesus calls us to follow him. And, 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 and that, means, that means that we weren't following him or aren't, are not following him. And so to be called to follow Jesus who will heal us, um, it means that we've 
not been following, and it only means that we have been following someone else or something else, a false physician or an incomplete physician for healing. Not everyone is possessed by a demon, but we are surely, all of us are possessed. The man without much money might say, I'm strapped for cash. I once knew a person who wore a dog leash around the waist. It was a big dog, the person said. But the person also added, I feel safe when he's around. He, that person literally meant that. Whatever we make into an ultimate value becomes a quote-unquote master, our rabbi, if in other words. We know, I'm not going to go um, and talk individually you know, of all of our masters, but we know who our masters are. And um, that master who's lording over our lives, who are, who's saving us in times of need and in times of mourning, that master begins to drive us to, one, over-focus on that master, to think about it all the time. And then secondly, the master also does this weird thing where he deceives our minds into denying how much we are actually interested in that master. Have we, ever, have we not said, I'm not that attached? What do you mean? I'm not that attached. And the next question you have to ask is, wait, am I? Am I? Am I? I might be. And so here Jesus is saying, be silent in other words, he's telling us, he's telling the, the, the unclean spirit to shut up. And he calls and he commands in exchange, he calls and commands our thoughts to be cast upon him. He wants us to leave the nets we were mending to leave our hopes with him. And he heals what we've made unhealthy by becoming our ultimate master. And so when we become or when we submit to his lordship, uh, we become new. We're going to move on to the last few verses here. Jesus, so the first one was uh, he's healing. The title was not so secret admirer. And now he's healing the obliviously admirer, obliviously admired. He Immediately after healing an evil spirit-possessed man, Jesus heals a woman possessed by a fever. Peter's mother-in-law is sick. She's lying in bed. She's oblivious to who is coming to hold her hand. And I appreciate Rick very much for reminding me that broken, being broken is not uh, culpable. We are not um, guilty for having an injured body part or having... Um, me, for me, I have a retinal detachment. We're not culpable for that. And men and women possessed by an evil spirit, whether you're walking in crutches or riding a wheelchair, it doesn't make that, 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 um, what is that word? That handicap or that, yeah, that doesn't make you culpable. So wherever we are on that spectrum between the spiritual and physical, both soul and body, Jesus wants to take on full responsibility it's full coverage. He promises that he will be held accountable. As we see here, he's healing the physical needs of a woman. Now let's open up the, um, the gospel of Park. <laughs> yeah, not the gospel of Park. I'm just kidding. This is a book that I wanted to clarify. My aunt gave me when I was 10, but it was new. It wasn't already written in. It was brand new. 
I know it looks really girly, but I wanted to share with you all uh, just a quick entry, just like I did last week. It's uh, dated February 4th, 2000, when I was 12. It'll be quick, I promise. Dear Journal, the Super Bowl was bad. The Titans lost. I wanted them to win. The score was 17 to 23. Guess what? I have a secret admirer, and I think I know who it is. Dot, 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 Angela. But it might be a stalker. I don't know. <laughs> Last night, my brother got hurt on his ear. Then he kept crying until mom came at 11.30. How was I going to wake up? I was mad. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to Drew Elementary School to pick up Mostar. My brother's name is Mostar. Uh, it's short for Morningstar. Uh, it's so, so And I got Daniel, yeah. Um, and I'm going to show the person, so now I'm talking about the secret admirer. I'm going to show the person the note and ask if she knows who did it. February 8th, the bottom of this journal entry. Today after school, I went to pick up Mostar and Jessica was there. She just won't tell me who is the secret admirer. She says it's Angela and then Sung and then Gloria. I don't know who it is. I have to know. That's my signature. It's changed over time. It does not look like that anymore. But I just wanted to say that we have a lot of admirers coming after us, wanting our attention and trying to rob us from the, 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 what really matters, right? The gospel and the cross. There are so many wanting us. And we are diverting our attentions here and there um, at times. And there are seasons where we give them our full and invited attention. But Jesus is so good that he calls us back. My point was that I had a secret admirer when I was 12, but we are here way beyond those, way beyond 2000. We're in the year 2023, and we all have a secret admirer. That God has revealed his adoration for us through his son, Jesus. I took a picture of a car in our street. I don't know if you can see it, but on the uh, far right, on the top of the car, it says, Kermit is my God. And on the bottom here, it says, fully relying on going. And then there's an arrow that says to hell. What, I ask us again, what or who is our master? And I really hope to cross paths uh, with the owner of this car to tell him or her that Jesus has come to save sinners, to save the lost. Jesus will not only come to save sinners, well, he will to come. <laughs> he will only come back to, to, to save us, but he will, as we wait for him, he will heal the hearts here that are flustered, uh, that are bothered and aggravated by evil spirits, and he will heal our physical pains as we wait for him. And again, it's not those things that make us guilty, but it is our sin, Adam's disobedience, that makes us guilty. But nothing would make Jesus and us happier if he takes on our sin and we receive him and we repent for our sin. Let's pray. Jesus, you have called us to make... Uh, us become fishers of men. Uh, Lord, as fearful as that sounds to some of us or another chore on a task list, we pray uh, 
that you would help us know that you're calling us to far less more than uh, we will receive from you, the benefits of being adopted, being glorified, being sanctified, being regenerated. And so, Jesus, um, once again, we thank you, God, for giving up your life as a ransom for many. We praise you and thank you for your sacrificial death has brought us redemption and the new covenant. And so that all Christ will be all in all, we together, God, we pray that we will say with much gratitude and love, I will follow you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Anyone wanted to ask questions? Yes. It means what I think it means. Um, just Mark was such a terse writer. His style was, I got to get to the next thing. And so he's, he's skipping. Like he's de- um, The details are, as he's writing them, it's happening. So, so it is immediate. Yeah. Um, I believe that these 18 verses we read occurred in a 24-hour frame, right? 24-hour day, time, frame, window. And so these things all happen on the same day so, or in that, in that window. Um, he enters the Sabbath, and, and, or sorry, synagogue on the Sabbath. And if you look here at the end, immediately he left the synagogue to go be with Simon's mother-in-law. And then at the very end, this gives the context. Many who were sick with various diseases, oh, the whole city was gathered together at the door. You couldn't get healed like until the Sabbath was finished. So boom, 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 boom. And then there they are. And the Sabbath is done. Now they're coming for that healing. I think Mark is just that kind of reporter. He's emphasizing the immediacy to, to get to the cross, yeah, and of everything. Thank you.